We got opening day of MLB going on. We got two really good NBA games tonight. But you better believe we are still going to be grinding XFL. We got a four-game slate here for week seven and still 20K to first. I'm pretty excited about that. Hopefully, these contests can fill so we can continue to get these uh, you know, prizes for future weeks. But um, yeah, recapping last week. So I was really, really tilted because I hit on low-owned Blake Jackson, who absolutely smashed. Um, no one played him last week because of recency bias. The uh, snaps and and you know production was still it was still there for Blake Jackson. It was just all at Jakar P- uh, Pearson the previous week. So I bought into Blake Jackson. He smashed, but unfortunately I had Lance Lenore, who has played like a hundred percent snaps the previous week, was listed as a starting wide receiver and just didn't play. So that can happen, unfortunately. And some you know uh, the spring football leagues, it's just like it would have been nice if we could have got that news because that just sunk my lineup with a zero from Lance Lenore. But nothing you can do about it. Um, all right, let's talk about this four-game slate really quick, though, guys. If you're new, my name is DK. Again, I cover content for XFL, NBA, NFL, prize picks. Um, also, if you're interested, I just made a day-in-the-life video of a sports gambler. So if you want to see like what I do on a day-to-day basis, check that out. Just uploaded my video. And uh, if you're looking for premium content, I do offer that on Patreon.com. I uh, posted yesterday all the snaps or all the data. So what's included, um, I... Basically, every single data point you can think of, snap percentage, routes, targets, catches, carries, like all that stuff for all the main players. So post that over on Patreon. Also, I'll break down for the main showdown slates, player pools, um, videos, all that good stuff. So if you're interested, um, check that out. Links down below. And uh, all right, let's get into it. So we'll start off with the quarterback position. And oh, I forgot to mention to the sponsor, that would be Prize Picks. You can use the code DKDFS for 100% match up to $100. I do not see the XFL board up yet. I assume it will be up later today, if not early tomorrow, with the game starting tomorrow. But um, again, take advantage, use that code. It'll be linked in the description for 100% match up to $100. All right, now let's start off with the quarterback position. So there were, uh, what, three quarterbacks believe they played 100% of the snaps? Yeah, Ben DiNucci, A.J. McCarron, and Quentin Dormany. Um, Jordan Tiamu was really close. He played 96% of snaps. You did see a couple of uh, snaps with Tiamu and King out there together. Um, King, again, kind of being used as like a running back right now, not really uh, you know as a quarterback. He'll come in sometimes near the red zone. But we'll go team by team, talk about the quarterbacks, and then we'll uh, you know go to the running back and wide receiver position. So for uh, Seattle, I think Ben DiNucci is just one of the best plays at quarterback, I mean, he's just super safe. He does like have a little bit of rushing upside as well. 38, 32, 33, and 43 yards in the ground in three or four of the last five games. And again, it's just the way that this offense runs. They push the pace. Uh, they, they play up-tempo. So with a lot of teams, you know, murky quarterback situations or guys getting benched, you know, Danucci is one of the few quarterbacks you can feel good about playing the entire game, plus the type of offense that they run. I like him a good amount. Uh, I know he's expensive, but I think I can find enough value to jam him in. On the Arlington side, so they signed Luis, or they traded for Luis Perez. Uh, they dropped, uh, they released Sloter, and right now they have Drew Plitt listed as the starting quarterback. I don't feel great about this. Um, he's 7.5K. I mean, he was decent when he came in last game. If you want to look to him in a large field tournament, sure, but there's no guarantee that he plays the entire game. Uh, for San Antonio, so Jack Cohn was out last game, so you saw a split between uh, Pass and Kirk Benkert. Uh, I think Cohen still has a chance to play um, this weekend, so we'll keep an eye on that, but. Unless we get confirmation that one of these guys is playing the entire game, it's just a large field, you know, dart there and hoping that they one of those guys plays really well and they just give them the, the full game. Uh, for Vegas, I found this interesting. They traded Luis Perez, so everyone thought it would be Brett Hundley that would pick up the start. They're going to, they announced it's going to be Jalen uh, McClell, McClendon, 
Um, he has been inactive every game so far, but he's going to be the starting quarterback. Now let's take a look at his college stats, and he doesn't have a ton of rushing upside, so that is a little bit concerning. But he is 6K, um, so he's playable for the salary. The issue is, I think if he struggles, they can very easily go to Brett Hundley, right? Uh, for DC, so I think Tiamu is going to be one of the more popular quarterback plays at the slate, especially with the snaps just slowly increasing each week. And he almost played 100% of snaps last week. He's a guy that does have some rushing upside. And um, yeah, he's not super expensive. So I really like Tiamu. I think he's going to be very popular, though. Um, on the Orlando side, so Quentin Dormady was one of the few quarterbacks that played the entire game. He played 100% of snaps. He's once again listed as the starter. Um, he wasn't great 24-44, but still played the entire game. Still uh, does have a little bit of rushing upside, too. Ran for 43 yards. So this offense is not great, but if he does play the entire game at 8K, I like him. I still think, like, again, it's not guaranteed that he can go to Paxton Lynch if he struggles. So there's, like, a few quarterbacks that I'm confident will play the entire game. Um, actually, I think, let's see. I think only two. Well, I guess three. So um, Ben DiNucci, A.J. McCarron, and Tiamo, I think. Well, DiNucci and, and um, McCarron will play the entire game. Tiamo, I think, will play a majority of the game. Um, everyone else is kind of just up in the air. So just know that going into it. Um, for St. Louis, I can be mentioned McCarron. He's going to play 100% of the snaps. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think he's very safe at the top. I think him and DiNucci are right there, one, two. Um, they're expensive, but it's for good reason. And then uh, for Houston, so Brandon Silver's like looked good to start the year. He's been struggling a bit of late, and they actually benched him for Cole McDonald uh, late in the third quarter. So here's the thing. If we get news, confirmation, I haven't seen the Houston depth chart out yet, but if we get confirmation that McDonald's going to pick up a start, I definitely have interest in him at 8-4. He is a guy that has rushing upside. And if you give him the entire game at 8-4 in this type of offense, I think he could smash. Now, the risk, obviously, is, again, if he struggles, maybe they go back to Silver. So I mentioned that with a lot of teams. There's only a couple quarterbacks you can feel confident that will play the entire game. All right, so move on to running back, and we'll go through each of these teams. So for Seattle, Ellison's been questionable um, on the injury report I saw. He's missed the last couple of games. They started Bradwell last game. He had 12 carries. Um, didn't do a ton with those carries. And the issue I have with the Seattle running backs in general is they just don't run any routes because they run like four, five wide receiver sets so many times that when the running backs are out there, it's mainly just for, for running or they're, or they're blocking uh, in passing situations. So like Bradwell played almost half the game, but only ran three routes. So kind of tough for me to get to the Seattle backs. Um, I guess in a large field tournament, you can go there. If Allison plays, I think he's the more talented back. And he actually has had a couple of good games, but again, it was, it's all on the ground, right? So uh, there's really no, uh, these Seattle backs are not running any routes. For Arlington, so Davion Smith has kind of been a bell cow this year, but last game was not ideal uh, if you took a look at the snaps. He played 51% of the snaps. The backup, Leedy Brown, played 49% of the snaps. They don't have Leedy Brown snaps, or the, they don't have his stats up, but he was the backup, and he played half the game. He's the flat min price. He's listed number two in the depth chart. He had 11 carries uh, and ran 15 routes, so... If that continues, I don't hate taking a shot on a min-price Lady Brown and just hoping he can, he plays about half the game. But Davion Smith, again, he had been playing like 65, 70-ish percent snaps for majority of the season. Only played about 50% snaps last week. Still, though, ran a good chunk of routes. Um, he played, uh, or ran 14 routes, played 51% of the snaps. So I still have interest in Davion. I think more of a contrarian play, though, this week for me. San Antonio, so we got Balage is out. Uh, so Jacoas Patrick uh, got a pretty significant boost there, played 79% of the snaps. John Hillman played 38% of the snaps. But um, the positive with Patrick is he played the most out of any running backs last week. And 
Um, he ran 17 routes at 15 carries. So if you're going to get kind of that bell cow duty for a guy at 5.7K, sign me up for that. So I think he's going to be one of the more popular running back plays in the slate, but I think it's for good reason. For Vegas, so the issue I have with Vegas is they're running three running backs. No one's playing a ton. Um, Smith played 32% of the snaps. Lovett played 38%. Torrey played 12%. Uh, Torrey is on the IR, um, so maybe a slight boost to Lovett and Smith. But I would say more those guys are just tournament plays. For D.C., well, Abram Smith continues to smash. Even with Rykel Armstead back, Smith played 69% of the snaps, ran 18 routes, had 19 carries. So, um, yeah, he's just getting bell cow duties right now. He had that massive game two weeks ago when I really liked him because he was the only running back on the team and, like, no one played him, which I was shocked about. So, uh, Abram Smith will get ownership. He's expensive, but, yeah, he looks good. If Armstead plays, you can utilize him as a dart throw. Um, his snaps have not been great. They only played 28% of snaps last week. Did, though, have uh, eight carries and ran nine routes. Orlando, so the positive here is they only have two running backs. The issue is the, the offense is not great. But John May Martin, 48% of the snaps, 10 carries. Devin Darrington, 30%, 7 carries. Both are reasonable punt plays at 5'9 to 4'8. But I'm not prioritizing either of those guys. For St. Louis, a guy that I've been playing almost every single week, it's been working out, is Brian Hill. He's just a bell cow, man. 67% of the snaps, 22 routes, the most routes out of any running backs and of any running back, and had still 13 carries. So um, I like Hill a good amount in both formats. I just think he's one of the safest running back plays on the board. The price is finally coming up on him, but I still like uh, getting him. And finally, Houston. So I'd be a little bit careful with Max Borgie. He's been productive, but he's still only playing about half the game. He got lucky. If you played him last week, you got really lucky. 11 carries for 25 yards, but fell into the end zone two times um, and caught one pass. So the positive with Borgie is he is involved in the passing game. And it's the Houston offense. But the negative is he's still only playing about half the game. And he's gotten a little bit lucky with touchdown variance over the over the last five games, averaging a touchdown a game. Like, that's not going to continue. So I'd be a little bit careful there with Borgie, who I think might be a bit overowned. Now let's move on to um, wide receiver. So for Seattle, um, no real surprises here. Jackson and Pearson played close to 100% snaps. Those are the two slot receivers. I like both a good amount. Again, no one played Blake Jackson last week. He smashed. But again, Lenore sunk my lineup, unfortunately. Um, Gordon only played about half the game, so he's right now just a dart throw at his price point. Uh, VC and um, Juwan Green both played 70-plus percent of the snaps. I think they're interesting punt plays. 4.4K for VC. He hasn't really had a huge week. He's been averaging about five fantasy points a game, but the opportunities are there. And then Juwan Green, I mean, he's had double-digit fantasy points two of the last three games. I think both those guys are viable punt plays. The only other viable receiver would be Damian Willis, who played a 47% of the snap. So I think I'd rather just go to VC or Green if they're going to have more opportunities. Arlington, this is basically a stay away from the wide receivers, at least. Um, I just don't think I can do it. Like, no one played more than 51% snaps, which was Hall, and he's on the IR. But they're just mixing and matching all these receivers. So if you want to take a shot on any of these guys, be my guest. I mean, they're, they're some of these guys are relatively cheap. You have the USFL legend Victor Bolden. Um, maybe he could be a punt play at 3K. He didn't play much in his first game, only 16% snaps, but they just signed him the previous week. So maybe he gets involved a bit more. But right now, if, it's hard to feel really confident in any of these Arlington wide receivers. Um, and then, oh, uh, Sal Canella. So there's a few tight ends that are viable. Canella is definitely one. He played 85% of the routes, or 85% snaps, ran 32 routes. Didn't do much, only two catches, but put, or the uh, opportunities were still there for him. Okay, so let's move on to uh, San Antonio. So San Antonio, uh, you know, quarterback situation is a bit murky, but wide receiver situation is a bit more clear. Three wide receivers played majority of the game. Akers, Vasher, and Brown. 
Um, there wasn't a ton of production from these guys. Akers had five targets. Vasher had seven targets. Fred Brown had two targets. Combined five catches only from those from those guys. So not ideal, but the production or the uh, opportunities are there. So eight four for Akers, um, three four for Vasher, who's the kind of that big body wide receiver, and three four for Fred Brown are all viable. I think Brown and Vasher make the most sense factoring in price. If you're going to give me close to 100% of snaps for those guys uh, at 3.4K, I know the quarterback situation is not ideal, but if they're going to play almost 100% of snaps, I'm willing to take shots at them at close to the min price. And then Lise Mack, um, he played 56% of the snaps, did not uh, have a target, but did run 16 routes. You want to take a dart in him at 3K. Moving on to Vegas. So, Vegas kind of went back to what they were doing earlier in the year, playing Bidette, Allison, and Bryant almost 100% of snaps. Um, you know, no one had a huge week. Six targets for Bidette, six targets for Allison, five targets for Martavis Bryant. Um, again, the quarterback situation here for Vegas, a little bit murky too, but 10-3 for Bidette, 7-5 for Bryant, 7-4 for Allison. Bidette's been the most consistent wide receiver this year, but the price point is up on him. I'm okay if you want to go to him in a tournament. Brian Allison, I mean, the opportunities are there. Just we have not seen any big games from either of these guys. And then the snaps went way down in Sweeting and Sexting. So I'm going to pass on those guys. Moving on to DC. So the downside of these DC wide receivers is their run first team. However, you did have a few guys play a good amount of the game. Blair played almost 100% of the snaps. Lucky Jackson, who had a huge week, played 86% of the snaps. And Josh Hammond played 59% of the snaps. Um, again, Jackson, as I mentioned, had that massive week, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown. I think a bit of an outlier performance from him, but um, he's fine in the mid-range, as is Chris Blair, who was 4.7K and played almost 100% of the snaps. I know the production really hasn't been there for him, but at least he's out there. And then Hammond uh, played the least of those three, but um, I guess okay in tournament. It's just I don't love the price point in him. I'm not going to mess with any of the wide receivers. I will mention tight end Ethan Wolf came back, and he played uh, over half the game. Ran 17 routes, had three catches on three targets. So you want to look at him at 2.5K just as a punt play. Sure. I mean, he did have that one um, game where he had a touchdown. So sure, if you, if you get a couple catches from him, you'll be happy. And uh, yeah, so I think that is uh, at least viable. All right, moving on to Orlando. So Orlando and their wide receivers. Um, so you had Charleston Rambo play 92% of snaps. Eli Rogers, 67%, and Daniel Williams, 95% of snaps, who, again, just took over randomly for Lance Lenore. Rambo, I'm a little bit tilted about that because I played him a couple times earlier in the year because the snaps were there and he didn't do anything, and he just smashed. So it would have been nice if we could have done that when I played him at no ownership earlier in the year. Three straight double-digit weeks for Rambo. I think he's interesting. I mean, he's a big-body wide receiver, and he's playing almost the entire game. Uh, Lattimore, again, is one of the uh, few tight ends you can trust. He was pretty popular last week, a bit of a lot down, but played 64% snaps, 33 routes, five catches, and six targets. I think he's once again in play there at 8K. And then, um, again, don't play Lenore. He is not on the roster unless they switch it up uh, in the next couple days. But um, Daniel Williams is, is interesting to me, right? 95% snaps, five catches, and eight targets. And he's the flatman price. So... I kind of like him for value. If if we if you told me for sure he plays those snaps again, sign me up for that. And then Eli Rogers in the slot, 67% snaps, five targets, three catches. Um, or whoops, not uh I meant to click on uh Eli Rogers three six. I think Rogers is another punt play again. He's been averaging like five fantasy points a game, which is not amazing, but at least the opportunities are there. Um St. Louis, Houston last game here, 
So the positive of St. Louis is they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they are playing three guys the majority of the game. Shepard, Butler, both both 90-plus percent of the snaps, and Prohl over 70% in the slot. So um, I like Butler. I like Shepard. I think both have a similar ceiling. Um, you know, maybe factoring in price might be a little bit easier to get to Shepard than it is Butler. But I like both the main guys. And then Austin Prohl in the slot, I think, is an okay contrarian play. He had the one big week, week one, where he caught the touchdown. Other than that, he's been averaging like five, six fancy points a game. But... Uh, again, still in one of the one of the best offenses in the league. So those are the three guys. I wouldn't touch anything else, though, for St. Louis. And finally, Houston. So Houston, unfortunately, and Kirkland out for the year, which is a bit sad because he was going off. But um, Houston played four wide receivers the majority of the game. Burnett and Smith, both 96-plus percent of the snaps. Ravel Harris and Cedric Bird, both over 70% of the snaps. Now, they did sign um, Michael Bandy. Uh, he played in the Chargers. Uh, last year, he was in the preseason um, and also was on the regular season roster for a bit. So it'll be interesting to see if he mixes in because he would be like a slot wide receiver. So that would hurt Cedric Bird. But I don't know how much he would play because they assigned him this week. But top end, again, Burnett is the guy with the highest ceiling. He's the wide receiver one. We've seen a couple uh, big, big games from him. So I like his ceiling a good amount. Um, Harris and uh, Justin Smith, I think they're reasonable play. Six six four. Harris and uh, 4-8 for Smith. I think factoring in price, it's easier to get to Smith. Smith played 100% of the snap, so um, the opportunities were there. He didn't do much with them, only two catches, but um, in this type of offense, playing 100% of the snap, sign me up for that. And then Cedric Bird is the guy with a high floor. He's working in the slot, getting a healthy amount of targets. He had five catches last week. My only concern, again, is the signing of Michael Bandy, and what is that going to do for Cedric Bird's snaps? All right, so that's everything for... Uh, wide receiver. As far as defenses go, again, defense, I just, I hate, I, I know I say this every week, but I hate that's included on the slate. Um, I mean, your safest defenses are going to be the defenses going up against the bad offenses. You know, you got the defenders, who's one of the better defenses in the league going up against Orlando. Um, let's see, you have, you know, San Antonio and Vegas. I think both these defenses are viable punts. 4K for San Antonio, 3-8 for Vegas. Neither offense is great. Um, so those, I think, would be the main defenses I'd look to. I mean, could you look to the Sea Dragons defense against Arlington? Sure. The, the Dragons defense is not amazing. So um, safest probably would be uh, the defenders, who are one of the better, probably one of the best, if not the best defenses in the league, and they're going up against one of the worst offenses. So they're probably the safest. But honestly, all eight teams are in play because anyone can throw a pick six. Like, it's the XFL. It's not like... I don't know. It's not like NFL defenses where one is like super, super reliable. So that is going to wrap it up for the video, guys. If you haven't enjoyed the XFL content, let me know. Leave a like. Let's try to aim for, I don't know, 40 likes on this video if we can. I'll continue. If you guys, if this gets enough enough love, I'll continue to make XFL content throughout the year. Again, Patreon if you're interested. If you want all that data that's posted, uh, plus a lot more, uh, you know, for main slate and, and showdown content. So I really appreciate all support as always. Good luck, and uh, we'll see you all in the next video.